97.1 FM Talk Podcast. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. For the sake, kid, keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not This is the Annie Fry Show. And welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker. If you want to find me online, Ryan Recker Radio. Always happy when I get a chance to fill in here on 97.1. It's just a lot of fun. I'm playing a dangerous game right now, guys. So, (laughs) Ryan Wiggins, you may appreciate this. Uh, Without kids, I don't know if you will understand this as much, uh, Brad, but I'm playing a game which is how much of my kids' candy can I eat before they notice and get mad at me? (laughs) Oh, that's a very real struggle. It is. It's a tough game because... I don't know about you, but my wife buys everything for the kids, nothing for me, ever. So I just have to eat the scraps of what's around, and then sometimes the kids will get something really good. For example, they have these chewy nerds upstairs, and it's, oh, they're so good. And this bag of nerds that are like these big chewy ones, I've been going back into it, and I kept thinking, eventually they're going to notice there's a lot less than there was the last time they looked. And how many can I eat before they notice that? And that's the game I'm playing is right it, now. Is it like the bunches of nerds around the gooey center? Like no. the nerds rope? So this is like a mm-hmm. nerd itself that is... It's a larger than average nerd. I'm going to have to it's find like the size this of, now because Not my quite wife, the size of a jelly bean. My wife is going to be like, Brad, I want these. <laughs> larger <laughs> than average nerd. <laughs> they're, I don't actually think those are that great. Sorry. I, I don't know. I have to depart with, from you. But we do oh, have a system like for them. this. And uh, first of all, it sounds like, Ryan, I really... Uh, abhor your situation because you're living in what I call candy poverty. And that is something yeah. that you as an American should never have to endure. But when my kids do Halloween and we, we, they're getting to that age where they're, they're very willing to go for it. You know, they're going to stay out a little later than they used to. Cause they're both, my oldest ones are nine. The youngest one's six. So this, this six year old's kind of the drag on the night. If he gets tired, then it's over. But the nine year olds, they want to keep going. So we're getting to that age where they're getting a pretty good amount of candy as long as the weather's nice, and it was this year. So they bring it home, and there's no way. They know there's no way they can finish off that amount ever, really. Mm -hmm. So they know that they have to – we've come up with a system where they get to pick out about a dozen to 20 pieces of candy, depending on the size, Mm -hmm. and get to set those aside as their exclusive candy pile – and then everything else gets put into the candy bin. Now, that doesn't Ooh, mean they okay. can't have anything in the bin. It just means that nobody else can have what's in their personal pile. So You're telling me you never robbed the personal pile? I've not, I have not robbed the personal pile except when they've mixed the personal pile in with other piles, which is a grave mistake that my six-year-old is making and does not know how bad of a mistake that is. Um, But the other two, they keep theirs... You will live to regret this. Yeah, they keep theirs pretty separate. And see, my six-year-old doesn't get the concept that once you set it, that's it. He keeps adding to it, and so I keep taking away from it. So I'm like, you can't keep adding to your pile. That's just just an exclusive and never-ending candy supply for you. 
So we got the right. general pile, and that is where I mm-hmm. take all the candy, and I feel legally uh, fine doing so. Right. So you're not living in candy poverty. Right. Um, so do you guys? It's do weird. Like As an adult. Tax? Oh yeah, I do dad tax. I do dad tax all the time, um, and I don't even call it a tax. I mean, it's just, you know what? Yeah, it's I'm life, kid. But I do it when they're not looking. <laughs> so. <laughs> Ryan's raising they a bunch of libertarians. Taxation is theft, even if it's dad. Yeah, I'm basically a raccoon, so I wait until they're not looking. I, you know, rummage through their things and then take what I want. <laughs> Get used to it, kid. Uh, so I saw an, uh, there's an article, and people have been talking about this. Axios has a pretty good write-up about it called Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha is basically our kids. It's The oldest is about 13 years old right now. And it's anyone born between the age of 2010 and 2024. So Generation Alpha uh, Alpha is expected to be the largest in history at more than 2 billion people. And there's certain traits of them, like they're children of millennials. So that tells you a little bit of how they were raised. Uh, Immediate predecessors to Generation Z. Uh, They could overtake the baby boomers in the workplace in the future, too, which um, could be pretty amazing. Well, not baby boomers, like because the baby boomers will be long gone by the time they're in the workforce, most likely. But um, what I'm saying is that they grew up online, and this is part of the things that make them interesting. Like compared to Moss, when I grew up, I didn't have the internet, uh, didn't have a computer growing up in the household either, up until I don't know, close to high school, grade school at some point. And I remember the computer was such a big deal. My parents set it up on the kitchen table because like, I don't know where else we're supposed to do it. There, there wasn't like computer furniture that was readily available to people. It's just like, okay, I guess we're putting this on the kitchen table. Um, they didn't know how to put things together. They had to hire a friend to come in and help them set it up. You know, they don't know what they're looking at this sophisticated machine. Um, and on top of that, their defining moment was COVID-19 pandemic and probably their defining artist is going to be Taylor Swift. So I don't know if they put that in the article, but I think that's just going to be true because the other article is Taylor Swift passes Elvis for the most weeks at number one on the album charts for a solo artist. Um, I think you can make a pretty strong case that Taylor Swift is one of the greatest musical artists of all time. Um, and I don't want to make that argument, but I think you probably could. Can I say, uh, growing up in the generation I did, I'm glad I grew up in that generation, but does every generation say that about their generation? Do they just hate other generations? Uh, Yeah, to answer your question. And and so I want to address the Taylor Swift thing first, though, because I feel like she may be better than Elvis now. I mean, greater as far as surpassing, but will she ever be better than somebody like Foghat? Point number one. Point number two, I'm really disappointed with the way that we are naming our generations. Because it's with Boomer, that's cool. Because you were a baby Boomer and that was a generation. Then Mm -hmm. we had Gen X. And for a long time, when I was growing up, I was considered Gen X. And I think still I'm very much on the border. Very much. But they backdated it to just fill in the time that they didn't have a name. And they're like, well, I guess that's Gen X because it just means nothing. X. Okay, that's not really cool, but okay, that's fine. So they didn't have a name for a generation there after the boomers for a while. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of re reorganized everything and called them Gen X. Okay, so now we got Gen X. So then we got millennials, which for a long time they were calling Gen Y, if you recall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. I, I wasn't a fan of Gen Y because it was just another letter in the sequence, 
behind X. So then they call them millennials. I'm like, oh, good. We got a name. They're, that's a different name. Then they just picked it right back up and started calling them Z. So now they got Gen Z. And I'm like, okay, well, at least we're at the end of the alphabet and we can't go any further. And now you're telling me that they're calling the kids of millennials Gen Alpha. So it's, they're going to the Greek alphabet. We're just going to restart this thing and start naming them like hurricanes for the rest of the time. I don't like it. I'm just saying I want to be on record as saying come up with a different name or a creative name. We're getting lazy on the names by just using letters. So you, what would the, a good name be for the generation, which would be generation entitled, generation? <laughs> like what would be the right type of way to look at it? Because I don't want to insult my kids. If, if you <laughs> I, I don't want to look it, at them and insulting them. I really don't care. I just don't want to use the, the same system to just name the next one. Like you can call them generation fart. You know, I don't care. <laughs> like call them anything different. But if you wanted to get fancy, you could say like, oh, this is the – the screen age or the digital generation or something, you know, oh, I see. anything like that would be fine. But I just, like the silent era, you know, there you go. So this would be the, the screen greatest. era. Yeah. 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 I grew up on a screen and that explains so much. But going back to the Taylor Swift passing Elvis most weeks at number one in the album charts, I was flipping through the radio driving to work and there's this one radio station that has throwback R&B songs and... <laughs> I, I was listening back to it, and up popped the thong song, oh, which yeah. came on, and then it followed up with "I'm in love with a stripper." I don't remember that. And one. I was thinking to myself, this was like the pop music when I was in high school, yeah. like in you know college, college and high school. This is what the girls were listening to, and I'm thinking. Music's gotten so much better than like when I was younger, I thought during that age, man, you got to go back to the 90s grunge stuff and, you know, the classic rock. This is the real music. And then the music they're playing right now is junk. And you know what? As it turns out, I was right. But as it turns out, too, music has gotten a lot better, I think, from the like early 2000s compared to what we have out today versus thong song was the most popular song. I, well, I think we've I mean, actually improved. It, music it's gotten wise. less suggestive and more overt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it used to be that the songs, I, you know, you watch an 80s movie, and I'll watch a movie as an adult now and go, oh, Ooh. man, there's a lot more <laughs> this there. Is my mom and dad didn't want me to yeah. watch it. Yeah, but it was over my head when yeah. I was a kid, and that was the point, is that your adults could watch it and get the jokes, and the kid would not even know what was going on. Now, if you listen to Cardi B <laughs> with your kids, I, I think that you might have a problem. <laughs> Uh, not just with yourself, but like with the law, you know, it's you're, you're, you're doing things now that are so, so over the top that they don't even try to hide it anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go through the lyrics of Thong Song and you can okay. tell me how, how actually yeah, tell me. I would like to know. coded the lyrics are. Okay. All right. Let's, let's look at it here. Uh, this is Cisco, goes, right? Cisco with a Q. She had dumps like a truck. Okay. Truck, truck. Thighs like what? 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 Baby, move your butt. But, but. And that's the type of lyrics we're talking about. Like, I mean, write this down. I mean, basically the Beatles, if we're really <laughs> analyzing it. <laughs> I think to sing it again, she had dumps like a truck. Oh, he goes back truck, to it. Okay. Truck. And it goes right back to it. And then it goes back into the, the parts where, you know, where the thong, 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 thong. Thong. Mm -hmm. So I so feel thong, like that's thong, pretty thong, straightforward thong. as it goes right there. Yeah. Um, 
I like it when the beat goes, uh, baby, make your booty go. And I don't know. This says like Donna, Donna, but I don't remember that part. <laughs> Don Knotts? <laughs> yeah, Don Knotts, Don Knotts. So to me, that's like as straightforward as it gets. Like this is it was still straightforward. Now, even though they were talking about like, you know, your butt's like a dump truck versus today, which is like super sexually explicit as in if you were to say this out loud on the street you'd probably get slapped in the face uh in this you'd just get like scoffed at but then the other stuff you'd probably get punched if they were with a guy yeah well the difference is we can say the lyrics of that cisco song on the radio <laughs> yeah there are lyrics right. right now that you cannot speak without getting hit with an fcc fine <laughs> yeah so right. that there is a difference i mean that's not that that's like I wouldn't necessarily listen to the thong song with my kids, but some of that would go over their heads. He's he's kind of walking the line because when he does dump like a truck, you're like, oh, I know what that means. But my six year old would be like, oh, he's talking about dump, dump trucks. Truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is. He's talking. But about But then dump when trucks. he talks, he starts talking about butts. My kids would be like, oh, he's talking about people's butts, and they would be right because there is no innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Pop culture and music and all of this has just changed so much. Uh, and I, you know, it made me go back and look at some of the Billboard Hot 100 singles list of you know the 2000s. And there's so many songs here that I completely forgot about. Uh, and there's a lot of musicians that I've completely forgot about as well. But I don't know if I want to go back there. I just feel like in today's world, like if, if you were to say, uh, what would you rather have? Taylor Swift, every song in the top 10 or thong song style songs in the top 10, I'd say, it's probably better that we got Taylor Swift in the, every spot in the top 10 right now because that is definitely a step up of where we were 15 years ago or 20 years ago. It's a good point. But isn't she like like we started this segment off talking about her is like she's a generational talent. She's, yeah. she, you or know, at least a, a generational like if, success. If you went back to to the time of Elvis, there's probably just a multitude of songs that we've never heard of that never made it that were probably of the same level and quality that the Thong song was even if it wasn't about the same material. Ooh. I'd like to hear a 1950s version of Thong Song. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, how would that go? There's AI that could do that. Uh, where's <laughs> your fans on Twitter that could open up the Photoshop? Can they do the AI songs, Elvis doing Thong Song? Is that possible? They'd probably be about real wide panties. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they wore back then. Just take us out, Ryan. There's yeah, no coming back from that. Pantalooms. I... Uh, I'm Andy, not Andy Fry, but I'm Brian Wrecker filling in for Andy Fry. Oh, no. I was watching the video feed. I saw the boss came in. Did you get in trouble for uh, <laughs> that oh, last yeah. segment? Heavily reprimanded. No, they were, oh, they're actually testing for tomorrow morning. A little promo. Uh, the Mark Cox Morning Show is going to be live in Jeff City tomorrow, starting at 5 a.m. through 9 a.m. The first day of the Missouri legislative session, they're going to be grilling the lawmakers all there about what is ahead for 2024 and seeing – uh, how that lines up with what you want for 2024. That's great. I wonder how many years in a row has that been? He's been doing that for a little while, and it's such a great show when he goes out and gets access that way. So great stuff from Mark Cox. I'm Ryan Recker filling in, and you probably saw a lot of headlines about Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Willie, now in the public domain, finally was able to uh, expire in the sense it became more public accessible. And, of course, the first thing you find is a slasher film of Mickey Mouse out there. There's a few things that we worry about artificial intelligence. They say, one, it's going to create 
uh, a lot of problems in the future mm-hmm. when it comes to privacy. Uh, number two, it's going to be used in a sexual manner. Essentially, people are going to be creating a lot of deep fakes in very compromising positions, and it's not going to be good for our mental health knowing that at any given time, anyone can put you in any position against your will. Uh, and they also look at maybe artistically, the writers had a big strike. The Screen Guilds last year had a, the Writers Guild, and they were worried that AI was going to start taking place of people's jobs inside of the writing room or aiding writers and taking jobs away from it. So they said, okay, that could be a problem with AI. Artistically, we've seen musicians spoofed in ways they didn't want to be. Drake being a very popular musician that had a fake AI song go out there and become popular. And he's like, wait a minute, that's my voice and that's me, but that's not anything I've done. He took great exception to it. Um, But really the greatest applications that we use for things in public domain uh, it's not problems with AI and things that we can use with it, but it's immediately after a major character is put into the public, then it's immediately used in a horror film. Why is it that's like the only practical application we see? Like if these other things that you've seen aren't really happening all that often. It's mostly just like it, it's it's just like a one and done in a lot of ways. But what is almost a guarantee is that when a popular character becomes a public domain and they can't get sued anymore, the first thing they do is put them in a slasher film. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why that happens in today's pop culture like this. What's so special about the slasher film that that's what you want to use these characters for? Yeah, it's funny because I saw this story about the original Mickey Mouse. So I want to be very clear that it's not all aspect, any usage of Mickey Mouse. Mm. It's just the original 1928 Mickey Mouse version that the copyright yeah. expired on. And I, I think I saw this only about three weeks ago that it was going to expire January 1st. And then you sent this article today, and I said, even on my show then, I said, I bet what's going to happen is the first thing you're going to see using that original Mickey Mouse is some sort of horror film that they're yep. just killing people in a Mickey Mouse mask. That is exactly what this movie is. It is somebody taking a Mickey Mouse mask, and they were very particular to that Mickey Mouse because you can't use mm-hmm. the newer ones. They, they just got a mask of that Mickey Mouse, and it's just some guy walking around killing people in a slasher movie. I think partly it's that you want to see these beloved – you want to see – somebody wants to see these beloved characters like Winnie the Pooh, which is also copyright-free yeah. now. They want to see them in such a different environment because they've never been able to do that. That that's the natural bent. I think it's a cheap one. It is, and it also not only cheap artistically, but it's cheap, um, like financially was, to make a I slasher was ask movie. You that you've been in the industry. Uh, they, yeah, these are these are cheap movies. Um, they elicit emotion very very like easily mm-hmm. because just like pornography does, it just sort of like snaps your eyes, and that's mm-hmm. what slasher movies do. Slash, you know knife hits somebody in the stomach, blood everywhere. It just makes you react to it. So it's easy to make them, and they're quick to turn around. So that's why you see them. People love slasher films. I don't get that either. The The, the type of genre by itself has really stood the test of time, but I, I never really understood why people are this appeals to people. I don't know. What's the what's the artistic value of the slasher film? Is is it just that you don't have to look too far into it, or is there something about it that's actually really good that I just don't understand? No, I think that when you talk about not not all horror, but slasher horror mm-hmm. really is kind of, you know, I'll use the word again. It's kind of like um, horror porn where it's the most extreme things you could possibly do. And a lot of this started in the 80s because they were just starting to use 
not just claymation, but like a lot of uh, live action effects mm-hmm. where you'd, mm-hmm. you'd have people's heads just blowing up, you know, and it's like the craziest thing possible. So if you put somebody in like a frightening situation, I don't know that these are films that are doing that well anymore because there's so many of them because they're easy to make that if you just have blood spurting everywhere, it kind of makes you react to it. And so they're easy to make. They're cheap to make. Now, I will say that horror has moved into psychological horror a little bit more, I think, in the last Hmm. 15 to 10 years. And you've seen a lot more interesting things done with the horror genre to make you afraid, but you're sitting there waiting to be afraid. It's like an anticipation of horror rather than the the guts and the gore. And I think that's a a very good move. Hmm. I wanted to, uh, and and this is kind of like, the type of disaster movies that you see out there. Another major earthquake in Japan, disasters, tsunami warnings, all these other things that hit with it. Um, I mean, we're confronted with so many different real-life horrors. I mean, between October 7th and seeing terrorist organizations like Hamas videotape and post their atrocities online of what they're doing to other people for the world to see. And then you can find those videos online. It's like, we live in a horror movie. And so why do people want to go to the theater and see that stuff? Because it's like, it's right there on your Twitter. If you really wanted to look for it and done a quick search or it's all over the place. Uh, you know, CNN, by the way, talking about this Japan thing, you know, I, I was thinking about the way, let me just play this clip for you because this is CNN's Mark Stewart. Apparently no major issues with their power plants after the earthquake. And there were some worries that we saw last time with, you know, the nuclear plants. Here's uh, clip 10. Well, Brianna, just a short time ago, Japan's chief cabinet secretary told the country that at the moment there are no reported irregularities with nuclear power plants, including the one closest to the epicenter. But the U.S. Geological Survey says there have been at least 31 aftershocks from this earthquake, and the damage is still being assessed at this hour. Okay. Here's the point I'm going to make here. We've known for a while that California is due for a big one. How is this not a sign that California is about to get hit? Because they're so close in proximity uh, between Japan and California. Just if you look at where they sit and way the plates sit and things continue to shift over there, create these earthquakes. How in the world can people sit in California right now watching Japan and not realize that this is going to happen to them soon? Shouldn't this be the biggest warning for America to be preparing for disaster? Yeah, it is. And I think because you brought up California, I, I'll say that I, a friend of mine, good friend, we're actually going to go to Japan in March to visit this friend. I've never been in my life, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, he, I texted him when I found out about this, and they're, they're 14 hours ahead of us here. So I think I texted him in the middle of the night because they knew by the time they had gone to bed on, I think, New Year's Eve, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I texted him in the middle of the night. He texted me the next morning, no, we're fine. Um, in fact, most of Japan is so earthquake-proof that mm-hmm. it takes a lot uh-huh. for them to see a lot of results. Right now, there's 55 deaths. I'm not minimizing that. But for the level of earthquake that it was, you're right. It, it seems like we would probably experience that a lot more uh, severe than Japan does. But what they can't predict, and this is for both California and Japan, is and you can't really build proof against this, is tsunamis. You just oh, yeah. can't predict what where that's going to be, what that's going to be like, how deep it is, how quickly it could happen. So that's what – and California, as you know, is so coastal. 
I mean, yeah. everything is coastal. And so if they were to get hit with a tsunami, I would be almost more worried about the after effects of an earthquake because they do earthquake-proof their buildings since, I think, 1978 in California. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of buildings that wouldn't be, but a lot that would be. But the tsunami, man, that is devastation beyond what we can even imagine how quickly that can kill people. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm not really sure – like tsunamis, basically the the water displaces. It can be an underwater landslide or a shake under the water that moves, basically displaces the water and causes a wave. I don't know what the coastal features are that make places because there's a lot of coastal areas that just don't have to worry about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was was it the Christmas Day one in Southeast Asia. That one was a a landslide that happened underwater that mm-hmm. caused Oof. it. And um, but yeah. You don't know. I've never really heard of a tsunami hitting California. I haven't either. But I've heard of like them hitting Alaska and, and places like that. And all that is on that Pacific plate uh, ring of fire, I think is what they call it. Yeah, I want to say during the last major earthquake that Japan had some problems with, I believe there was a tsunami warning for Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I want to say and that ended up being nothing. Um, but you know, the people were worried, but they kept showing the, you know, helicopter footage and there were people that were going out in boats in the water because they, apparently that's the safest place to be for a tsunami. If you're in the water, certain amount out of the land, that's as actually safer than being on the land. Now, luckily nothing happened with that. Um, but you know, they basically sat there and watched a little couple waves come in, but you just don't know. I just, I, I worry about California and Actually, Wiggins, you going to Japan is actually going to be pretty awesome. People love it out there. They say it's just wonderful. Yeah, and um, we've never been. It's. I think the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing is that they say the culture is so polite, which is strange mm-hmm. because it's so crowded. So I don't know if that's just a feature of having to be that way because it's so crowded all the time. But it's hard to find, you know, everywhere you go, you are shoulder to shoulder with people. You're fighting crowds. Uh, the streets are very narrow. So I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing not only what it's like to live in such a dense metropolis, but also how they handle it by being so nice to each other. Because they said there's like basically no crime or anything over there either. Are you going to stay in one of those coffin hotels? It's basically like a bed with walls. You know, you've seen those online. They're essentially these pods that people rent to save money on hotels. Like Kramer slept in? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Um, I don't remember that one. Yeah. Is that the one where he, he, he rented out his dresser drawers? Yes. For the- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we're staying. So a, a good friend of mine is from here and he's military or former military and he married a Japanese girl. And so they lived here for several years and now they've gone back to Japan for about five <clears throat> because they're trying mm-hmm. to get their kids acclimated to both languages. And he yeah. had the opportunity to move back. And so we want to go visit him while he's there because I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. Ryan, I've been to a couple other countries like Quebec, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not a country, but it's Canada. It's and they Canada speak is. French. French Canadian. And I mean, you get you, yeah. far enough from Montreal and they do not speak English and all the signs are in French. I was so overwhelmed by not knowing where I was going, and I knew I couldn't ask anybody that I get <laughs> I get almost paranoid for the first day that I'm in a new place like that. So I would never visit Japan other than having a friend there who's able to, to basically translate. chauffeur me and show me how to handle everything because that's, that's the only way I could handle it. Yep. Well, uh, 
by the way, just real quick, this will be fun to play going into break. Did you see how Donald Trump spent the new year at Mar-a-Lago? He had a musical guest perform for his guests. Um, did you hear who the musical guest was that performed for Donald Trump? No, who I, I did. All right, here, let's let's play it. Tell me if you think this would be your first choice. Vanilla Ice performed at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> All right. Talk about a great get. <laughs> I can't believe he wasn't busy that night. You know what have been a really Ice. boss move is to show up and not play that song. <laughs> oh, he shows up and he just does like ninja rap from Ninja yeah. Turtles and that's yep, it. That's it. Just ninja <laughs> rap. Ten Ice times. <laughs> have the turtles come out and video. dance with him. And it's a hall, you know, and there's everyone's dressed up in their suits and tuxes and they look to a pan of the hall and the girls are enjoying it. And it shows Donald Trump who's standing there motionless. Like what, what's going on with my life? Like what has happened? Like he's just standing there straight, straight, like a hot dog. Just watching this, just watching this. He didn't do his dance. He didn't do his dance. No, he didn't do the Donald Trump dance. No. And you know, when the crowd gets into it, you think he would too. But I'm guessing everyone else around him drinks a lot. He's not a drinker, so uh, maybe that could have played into it. But what did I, I wonder how much they had to pay Vanilla Ice to go perform that. Maybe he because... doesn't like hardcore rap like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're onto something. You know, he only likes light <laughs> rap, and that's just too hard. Yeah, and where was MC Hammer? I mean, couldn't it be great? Like, tell me if you were at a party and. Vanilla Ice popped out and started doing a couple songs. You wouldn't be pumped. I would go nuts oh, for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to share a little fun fact. She's not here to talk about it. Sorry. But Vanilla Ice follows Annie on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Is that right? So we should tag this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have one more segment coming up. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk. I'm really looking forward to hearing the results of the YouTube poll. We'll do that here soon. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Uh, this kind of got swept under the rug. And when there's stories that come out during the holidays, it's easy to forget about these things. But do you see the story about how Google had to settle a privacy lawsuit that exposed them for tracking people using quote unquote incognito mode? It's a mode that a lot of browsers have where essentially the mode is, hey, we as your internet browser will not follow you and will not track the things you're doing on the internet if you tell us not to that's what's called privacy mode and a lot of them have it pretty much every single one have a privacy mode and they all pinky swear to you that they're not actually mm, tracking and logging the things you're doing while on that mode as it turns out google was um they were actually doing it and they had to settle for a five billion dollar lawsuit alleging they spied on people who use the incognito mode in their chrome browser does that surprise anyone that these companies would lie to you and still track you because that's really how they make most of their money? It doesn't surprise me in the least. I mean, that's how they, they make their money is is tracking you, figuring out what you're browsing so that they can then serve you ads. And then they can go to ad companies and be like, hey, we can specifically target people that make your money go the farthest whenever you spend ad dollars with us. So, yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. It does surprise me simply because 
$5 billion is at stake, and they know that these things sometimes do get caught. But I guess what you're saying is they make so much money doing it yeah. that even a $5 billion charge I was gonna say, what's or five? the chance at $5 billion, because yeah. you know a lot of this stuff never gets caught, that they would just do it anyway and accept the consequences. Just curious of how it, much it's how much like Google is worth. Yeah, and you know what? They might as well get into the blackmail business because now they can say, "We know everything that you do, even when we told you we weren't going to be watching." Oh, we know. And if they can pull that card, then it's over. Like anyone that uses Chrome, it's like that one South Park. Didn't South Park have an episode about that where essentially they were going to release everyone's internet browsing history, and that became like a big deal. Like it was going to just completely ruin the world. Um, and all the trolls of the world or whatever, they were going to be exposed for who they were. Um, so the class action lawsuit was filed a couple of years ago. Google misled users into believing that it wouldn't track their internet activities using incognito mode. And, you know, it does in a lot of ways. It's VPNs um, have become so popular anymore. If you watch a YouTube or you watch anything else, you absolutely know that uh, it's easily trackable online so there's companies that are specifically out there that try to help you keep your online privacy so that's um i think going to be a pretty big raging industry furthermore in the future i think everyone's going to have to just have some sort of version of vpns Mm -hmm. in the future um and i don't know maybe they're spying on you and we don't know either you're putting a lot of safety into someone else's hands and that's the thing i don't like a lot of these major tech companies they say you know, if you got nothing to hide, then what's the matter? And I hate that line of thought and philosophy to say that you need to voluntarily give up some of your privacies in order to prove you're not doing something wrong. And that's a big garbage type of argument to begin with. But these tech companies and a lot of government agencies and politicians operate on the same idea. Yeah, you don't have to be hiding something nefarious to just not want somebody to know that you're going out of town next weekend or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you have curtains on your house? You know, why do you have shades or blinds? What are you hiding? What do you got in there? Probably got somebody locked up in the room. No. It's just. Brad, you just put a message to us. Are you telling me Vanilla Ice reunited uh, in Mar a Lago with the Ninja Turtles? Is that. According to that that article, yeah. What? How did that physically work? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Look look at that. That sounds like the best party ever. Are you kidding me? I don't go out for New Year's. I don't party. But, man, that would have got me off the couch. If you'd have said Vanilla Ice and the Ninja Turtles are showing up, I'd have been like, I'm there, dude. That's all you had to say. Just let me know where you're bringing pizza. You got pizza? Okay, we're good. I'm I'm there. Man, when that movie came out, Ninja Turtles oh. 2, I think it was, I was at the right age. You probably were oh, about yeah, to. right there. Where it was the cool, it was the best thing. I was I was maybe starting to age out. It was probably about 12. I was going to say, this was right in my wheelhouse. And you were maybe 10 or something yeah. like that. Man, it was, it was designed for us. <laughs> A 10 to 12-year-old boy, that movie. <laughs> oh, man. I went back, man, the- I went back and watched the original Ninja Turtles. Uh, and it still holds. It still holds up. I thought it was really good. I mean, like, they're guys in turtle suits, but it looks better than a lot of the CGI stuff that they have now. It's wild. They're not just guys in turtle suits. They're ninjas when they in there. They transform. Uh, was it uh, was Jean Claude Van Damme one of the turtles or something like that? Was, was he part of those movies? I think, well, I he, think was, he. No, I don't think so. He was the predator. No. He was supposed to be the predator, and they couldn't make oh, it that's work. Right. And oh, I didn't had, know that. Yeah. For yeah, the original the predator. Yeah, the original predator. Huh. 
That is so awesome. So you're telling me at Mar-a-Lago, the Ninja Turtles showed up with vanilla ice and <laughs> Donald Trump wasn't hyped for that? Like, I saw the video. That That's a hype moment. Yeah, you know, I was you, a Trump supporter, and I might be DeSantis. <laughs> have you ever, like, hold up a second. You ever been to a concert and something crazy happened and everyone pulled their phone out and instantly everyone started recording it? How did this not trend on New Year's Eve? For me, instantly, I would have, I got to get this out on Twitter, and that should have been the number one trending thing. Well, maybe, How am I just finding out about maybe it? Maybe it did. You just don't follow Kimberly Guilfoyle. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Don Jr. Was it Rasim Kassam or whatever his name is? I don't know. <laughs> if you don't uh, no. follow those people, then uh, you probably just not see it. Going back to this uh, Google privacy thing, I'm a little bit surprised that the Epstein flight log didn't come out when it could be swept under the rug, like in New Year's, kind of like when no one's paying attention to the news. I'm surprised they waited till after when everything's getting kicked back in. I'm giving them credit for that. They should do that. But I keep looking online and like everyone's wondering, where's this log? Where's this log? Um, Not out yet, apparently, but it was supposed to come out any minute now. Um, Let's see. Uh, I want I want the Ninja Turtles so bad. Do you think you can still hire them for birthday parties and things? Like, you know how normally you hire entertainers to come to children's birthday parties? Can adults hire, like, the Ninja Turtles to show up at, like, you know, a 40-year-old's birthday party? I mean, if you're going to shell out that if, jack. If the money's there, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, did you see that Jack Black is going to be cast in a live-action Minecraft movie? Do you like Jack Black? I like Jack Black. Yeah. I don't know about Minecraft. No, my kid loves it. He he can't stop playing Minecraft. Well, not he, he can. Don't get me wrong. He does, but he loves Minecraft. It's so, that game has really persevered over the years. It's been something that's around for a while, and normally people lose interest in games like that, but it's really kept up. Jack Black is one of those genuine type of video game nerd type of people that you, it makes you happy when you find someone that actually enjoys what they're acting about. You know, it's it's not just something for a paycheck. You can tell he enjoys it. I kind of get happy when I see stuff like that happen. The other thing he probably uh, does enjoy is the paycheck, though. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's probably a part of it. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I think he he might. No, you're probably right. <laughs> you think he's doing it for uh, free? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Just for fun. Uh, you know, uh, let's do that YouTube poll. I'm just kind of curious what some of these sure. different reactions are. So the the question on YouTube, was it about New Year's resolutions? Yeah, simply, did you make any New Year's resolutions? Any predictions as to how many? I'll tell you that no one, but tell me the percent do you think said no? Uh, 64%. 64%. Brad? I already saw it. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to read the results, so I yeah, was pulling it's, it up to look at it. It's about uh, three to one, so yeah. it's, it's uh, 76%. Of wow. people said they did not and will not make a resolution this year, but 25% roughly said that they do. Um, and a lot of those people left comments. I'm going to pull them up right now. Quite a few, actually. I, you know, I want to make resolutions that aren't resolutions, I just want to make wishes of things that could happen. So, for example, my wish is that my furnace doesn't die this year. I really, that's my <laughs> New Year's wish. That's the kind of stuff that I wish for. Yeah, those those are kind of out of your control, which is the opposite yeah. of a resolution. What <laughs> uh, a New Year's wish. Chris <clears throat> says, Happy New Year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Poll says, No, I make resolutions throughout the year. I stopped the New Year's resolutions years ago because I always failed at them. 
Uh, going down the list here, Thomas says, resolve to only be more like Christ, no resolutions. So I guess that's kind of a no, but still a yes. Uh, Joe says, eat more pizza. I'm off to a great start. Vicky, hmm, nice. only resolution was I made was to live my life, do what I want, when I want, and go where I want. That's <laughs> that's that's quite a resolution. Living the dream. Yeah. Uh, Russell says, no resolution doesn't make sense to make any of them and then to not do them. So quite a few uh, across my, the board, but overall it's my a aunt, no. um, My aunt's resolution always was uh, deny myself nothing. That was her resolution. She died way before I was born, so I never met her. But apparently that was the tradition my grandma always said, oh, that's what your aunt's resolution was. And I thought, I don't know if that's a great resolution. Um, but here we are in 2024, and that's essentially how people live. Yeah, full-on hedonism. My my, <laughs> my my resolution is to do anything I want, whenever I want, uh, for myself and others. Be yeah, <laughs> you know, if I if I want to go smash some windows and grab some stuff out of people's cars, then you know what, I'm going to go do it. If I want to walk into a Walgreens and steal some baby powder, you know what, I need that baby powder to feed my kids, so I'm going to take that baby powder. That's basically California's new motto. Yeah, from what I, I cannot understand. think of a more 2024 resolution than that. Whatever, I'll do what I want. I do. <laughs> Whatever, I'll do I'm gonna. What I, want. I resolve to ask people to open the cases to the baby formula and the detergent, <laughs> yeah. and then steal it. I'm about to smash open this this toothbrush locked up stuff here in CVS, so I can have me a toothbrush. Yeah, Jeez. and uh, you know what I want more of? I want more debates where they bring up things like poop maps. And <laughs> can, can we ask for more of that from the major networks? Um, you know, that would be a good poll question in the future, too. Who would you like to see debate in the future? What's the poll question you, you uh, are going to come out with tomorrow? And Ryan Wiggins, you're off tomorrow anyway, right? I am. Yeah, I had to switch days. I was actually going to come back tomorrow full time, but now I got to switch for watching the kids. But <laughs> uh, we, we had discussed, you know, possibly doing tomorrow where – uh, the question is something along the lines of, are you are you bolder as you get older? Basically, you know, if you're a certain age, are you bolder than you were 10 years ago versus 20 years ago? I don't know how we'd frame that yet, but I, I like that it's, idea. You know what? That sounds like a greeting card you would get, like an old lady, like Pastor Prime. There'd be like um, an old lady <laughs> holding a glass of wine. You're bolder as you get older, you know, and it's like that one lady and she's got cats around her and. <laughs> Essentially, you created that one card that they pick up for their one friend inside of a Walgreens. Mm -hmm. We'll see if we can add that to the poll, the, the picture of that card. The picture, the picture of that one lady that everyone knows. All right. It was a lot of fun filling in here today. I'll be in again one more day before Andy Fry comes in. And please don't hate me. We had such a weird show today, but I had so much fun with you guys, and I look forward to uh, spending some more time in the future. I'm Ryan Recker filling in 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com.